At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Friday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel here with Joel Elkanen and Dennis Dick. Well, we're going to talk about the reversal that happened yesterday shortly after the open uh, and sort of why that why that may have happened and how Dennis identified it, how he traded it, and how uh, you can identify it for uh, future uh, reversals. We also have some uh, macro trade war-ish news. I guess Huawei is back in the headlines here. Uh, U.S. and China sort of heating up uh, the trade war stove uh, today and yesterday. So we'll talk about that. A couple of earnings on our radar, but not a lot in the way of headlines. So we'll try to answer uh, way more of your questions today. From our chat that we did yesterday, our guest is Jason Rasnick. He will join the show at 845 to recap the week. Uh, bringing Joel on here. Joel, give us a quick update on what happened overnight. What the market giveth, the market take it away. Uh, we exceeded the high on uh, Thursday session. We got up to 53.75. Overnight, 63.75. Really not much there. Wednesday, interday high, 68.75. Then we went into reverse, and uh, we came back down, made a pre-market low. We're near that area at 10.75. Uh, 12.50, uh, that was your close on Wednesday. That would be a good area to keep on. But uh, we lose this pre-market low. Nothing substantial until you get to yesterday's low. That's 27.16 a quarter. But, I don't know, that would be a long ways to go. You need a good sell-off uh, in order for that to happen. Uh, also, crude up 38 cents at uh, 28.26. Another good day for crude here, inching its way toward $30. Gold in the red by 30 cents at 1740.70. Silver going the opposite way, up 40, oh, almost 44 cents at 1660. And Bitcoin inching up towards 10,000 once again. The futures are down 120. Let's bring in uh, Triple D. And before we get started with the markets, Triple D, we got a happy birthday. Uh oh. Yep. 
Spencer Big Israel. Bir- how Big did you? Birthday. How do you know that? I didn't. I know, know everything. Facebook. I, told Joel knows everything. I Facebook. Know. Facebook told you, didn't it? Oh, I knew it. Spencer's twentieth birthday. Yeah, that's right. I'm 21 today. <laughs> Happy birthday. Legal me. drinking age in Michigan. <laughs> if you could go to a bar, that would be awesome. I'll buy, I'll buy all the drinks and everything you can eat tonight. <laughs> you got to be careful, Joel, because they're reopening. Sure, <laughs> <laughs> we'll have would, less customers, but that could still be expensive. The big two nine, right, Spencer? Yeah, that's right. I'm oh. one, one year You're closer. still not 30 years old? I am not 30 years old. <laughs> Holy mackerel. My 30th birth birthday feels uh. like decades ago oh it was <laughs> oh, my Joel's was like a, centuries ago my, my was a couple decades ago a couple decades let's keep going with more than a couple a couple <laughs> almost three but hey no it, it, it was facebook it, it was either facebook or i don't know how I else you could have you known know, i just you know, for people that I care about, I know their birthdays. I can't remember Dennis's, but um... I actually, I speaking of caring about, uh, I, I want to make an announcement. Uh, after four and a half years of working with Joel on this show, I'm proud to report that as of Wednesday night, Joel follows me on Twitter. If you get a follow from Joel, that's impressive. <laughs> I, I didn't made know it. Joel follows me. I Joel made follow it. Follow anybody. I made it. How many it. people do you follow, Joel? You follow like 10, don't you? 22, I looked. 22. Emma Spencer <laughs> Israel made the cut finally. I made Am the I cut. Am I on there? Does Joel follow me? Am I one of, does he follow me? I don't even know if he does. I don't I know. He follows me, and then I talk over him the whole show, and then he unfollows me. <laughs> I don't. I know, Dennis, you're the first person I followed. Oh. Yeah, so you're, you're, I don't know. I mean, sometimes I go, oh, I should follow all these people, and then I see a bunch of stupid tweets. I'm like, I don't want to follow these people. Uh, and There's a lot I of smart people, them. too, out there, though. And then I go to yours, and I, I don't know. I, I don't automatically follow everybody You know, that follows I say some back. stupid tweets sometimes, too. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm always getting your tweets on the weekend, and I'm like, oh, God, I wish Dennis would not tweet on the weekend. That's when he gets uh, people mad at him. Yeah, but, I know. Uh, people get angry. Because I have more time on the weekend. So then I know. Like, and then I can engage. <laughs> Let's go and to then banks. I get in these Twitter wars, and I'm like, I hate Twitter. I Everybody know. hates me on there. They all give me hate. <laughs> you leave yourself open, though, Dennis. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of Twitter, did, did, did anybody Twitter? read my tweet from yesterday at 9.47 a.m.? Yes. Yes. Did you read that one? Yes. This is why, and Josh Brown made a good point. Like, you know, when you're following people, you know, you're following different people, they change their opinion. You know, hedge fund managers change their opinion. I was like thinking, Josh Brown, I changed my opinion a lot too. I'm a lot shorter than like hedge fund managers. I changed my opinion a lot. And obviously came on the show from eight to nine, trashing the banks. I trashed the banks for the last week and a half. But what happened? Right off the hop, they started buying J.P. Morgan. They started buying Wells Fargo. That was the key. And if you look at the trading, literally five minutes or ten minutes after the open, Wells Fargo went green. And when Wells Fargo went green, it was time to start covering the shorts. So I covered my shorts, and then I tweeted out, just in case anybody follows me, I said, Wells Fargo just was at 9.47 when the SPY was at uh, 2.77. So I hadn't quite made the lows. It actually made new lows a few minutes after I tweeted this. But I tweeted out, Wells Fargo just went green. Keep an eye on it. That could bounce the overall market if the Wells Fargo rally continues. That is exactly what happened. The Wells Fargo rally didn't just continue. It continued up. It was trading up 7%. It was a huge reversal day for the banks. That led the market back. 
that was your leadership yesterday. I'm going to tell everybody another tip for my trading book. And whoever writes it out there can say this is all the tips we've learned on pre-market prep. But on page eight or page nine, we would say the best indicator, forget about your technical indicators, the best indicator for traders is leadership. Know who your leader is of the day and follow what they are doing. Wells Fargo had been leading the charge down for two days. That was the reason the market was collapsing because of the banks. Obviously tech rolled over. We said, if the banks continue to go down, I said this a week and a half ago, there's no way that the tech is going to be able to continue to hold up. Well, what happened yesterday? The banks bounced and that's why the overall market bounced. So what do you do now? You look at the Wells Fargo low, it's $22 and 22.02. Those were the lows from those two days. They're gonna be safe for a while. I would say I am a buyer of dips again, as long as Wells Fargo remains above $22. When Wells Fargo falls below $22, I want no part of it. I know you say, oh, well, the banks don't matter. People will say this, it does matter. We gave that argument for an hour yesterday on the show because there's a lot of, of companies that uh, obviously need money from banks to survive. So if the Wells Fargo is your indicator for a financial crisis part two, as long as we're above 22, then you're okay to buy dips, in my opinion. So at this time, at this market this morning, there's a lot of news here driving us around. I've actually put buying the dip back on the table. Yeah, I looked at that 22. Uh, yeah, actually, that was a double bottom there. And then I, I went and I looked back, and there were two monthly lows there from uh, July and, June and July of 2009. So a double bottom on the daily, and then a double bottom on the uh, uh, monthly. So that's a good level. Got up over nice 24. Level. Big area. Trading in the red here today. I think some people maybe were a little uh, anxious that Mr. Buffett would come in. Have we got any of those 13Fs yet or not? Tonight. I didn't see any yet. I saw yeah, like one yesterday. But... I think they're tonight. Uh, yep. So tonight so is going to be interesting. Like if Buffett actually bought something, which we don't think he did because he just had his call calling in, talk about buying anything. But yeah. you want to watch Buffett. You want to watch the big guns, obviously. You know, there's three or four. You want to watch Ackman. Ackman's been hot. So if he's got something new, that stock will move. But I would say right as of right now, Buffett and Ackman are the two guns. The market is in love with Ackman again. He's obviously made some fantastic calls here lately in the market, made a ton yep. of money on the way down. In this overall market, he's been long the right stocks, being long Chipotle and a few others. So Ackman's hot again, and the market knows it. So watch tonight from 13F land after 4 o'clock. If you get Ackman and Buffett, those are the two to watch. And just keep in mind, as we say it again, this is what they did during the pot, your prior three months. So yes. You are not replicating those prices uh, doing what you're doing, but it's always interesting, and there will be some uh, – some good movement off it. It'd be really interesting if, if Warren didn't buy anything, you know, during this. And, I will tell and, you, if he bought a stock and he has a new position in a stock, that stock will rip. I don't care what the well, stock yeah, is. Exactly if he, yep. Not adding to positions, but a new position. If he put a new position on, that stock could go up 5 to 10%. So it will have a huge move if he bought anything. And if he sold other stocks... Watch out, you know, if he liquidated something or liquidated a bank, watch out for, you know, weakness. That, you know, if he were liquidated, and I'm saying he did on Wells Fargo, but we don't know no, what no, he's yep. been doing. So, and, and, and we just want to put the Wells Fargo context in perspective as well. If you're buying Wells Fargo, you got to have your out. So I will give you permission if you want to bottom pick in Wells Fargo here. It's a nice level. 
But with that being said, you have to stop yourself out below the $22 level. It is critical. You have to know where you're out is in trading always. Think about rounders. And rounders, what is, what is, what's the quote, Matt Damon? Always have yourself an out. Always have outs. When you're playing cards, you have outs. When you're trading stocks, you have outs. So that means when the stock goes through, this is my contingency plan. If I'm dip, buying the dip in Wells Fargo, if I'm buying the dip in the banks, I want to know where my stop out is, where I'm going to say, okay, I was wrong, and I'm going to you know, not risk any more capital. My stop out on Wells Fargo is very well defined right now. It is 22. I'm not long Wells Fargo because I think this was just kind of a bounce, a short squeeze, but it could turn into something better. So I, I'd be more inclined to buy the dip in Wells Fargo than sell the rip here now. I will say that. Wait, right. I, wait, oh wait, I thought the quote from Rounders was, if you can't spot the sucker, you are the sucker. <laughs> well, that's a good, there's a lot of good quotes from Rounders. It's a good movie. <laughs> it's a good movie. There's a lot of good quotes from Rounders. So <laughs> I just threw the article I did. Uh, that was the pre-market prep stock of the day. I just threw that in there. Uh, pretty much a recap of, um, of what was said on the show. Also, Dennis's clip talking about Wells Fargo was on there. Uh, Dennis is at Triple D Trader. That's his Twitter handle. I'm at Spoos, S-P-U-S. All right. We got Spencer's birthday out of the way. We got Wells Fargo out of the way. Not much in earnings land, but we do have some stocks moving off earnings. Well, yeah, and before we go there, I just want to uh, just talk about the overall, just the just the reversal beyond the banks yesterday, right? Dennis, uh, tech did not lead us, which was a surprise. We hadn't seen that for a while. I just want to get your thoughts on, like, the different sectors yesterday. Well, and, well tech had been leading and holding us up. Tech is right. still your leadership, and you're going to get – we're going to talk the news happening over from China here today with Qualcomm and the chips because it's ugly, um, but – you know, so obviously leadership changes day to day. But the last few days, the market had been rolling over and the talk in the media had moved into what we've been talking about for a week and a half was into the banks. You saw Wells Fargo mentioned multiple times in the last couple of days. So as that talk turns, as the media, you can always tell what your leadership is because it's what the media is talking about. So even if you're not trading on opinions on CNBC, what is the, what is the story of the day? You know, the first thing I wake up in the morning and I'm trading. I'm like, what is the story of the day? What's going to be the driver? The last few days, it's been Wells Fargo. And the rally in the banks was the driver yesterday. Today, the driver is likely going to be the chips. Why? One, we had applied materials earnings. So it was already going to be a driver. But we've had a major reversal here today in applied materials and all of the chips. And that is because of uh, the news from China. What is that news, Mr. Israel? Yeah, the U.S. is moving to, uh, once again, make it extremely difficult for Huawei to operate and do business. They are going to be trying to restrict uh, Huawei's uh, technology supply and say they can't uh, do business with U.S. companies after mid-August, uh, can't use uh, technology from U.S. companies and uh, were that to happen, there's also a report that uh, China in retaliation would try to restrict U.S. companies uh, in China, such as Qualcomm, Cisco, and Apple, and, and Boeing. So uh, U.S. once again making life difficult for Huawei and the Chinese potentially retaliating. Qualcomm down 4.5%. I own Qualcomm in the long-term portfolio. I stuck with it for the 5G play. I thought about getting rid of it, but I was like, you know what? I got to own something. <laughs> I've obviously sold a lot of stocks. Qualcomm, I still like it for the 5G play. Am I buying the pullback? Not on day one. 
let's see what happens here. Maybe this bounces right back. It, it might. And if I was playing it for a bounce, I'd be looking at yesterday's low, which was 76.47. It's kind of where you're at right now. You're a little bit through it, but let's see if it takes it out during the regular session. Takes that out, you go all the way down to 74.09. Uh, Cisco, same thing. Um, I own it in my long-term portfolio. It rallied on the earnings. It's getting hit because it's a direct mention in the article. And then Boeing is the other mention, and Boeing's getting whacked too. I don't want to touch Boeing. Thoughts, Joel, on the ships uh, and the yeah. China trade war starting? Oh, we got to have Here we go again. <laughs> here we go again. Pandemic, trade war, trade war, So pandemic. many things to worry about yeah, here. Geez. Climb the wall of worry. Just can't we just have like a normal Friday here? No, we and... cannot, no. no okay, no. we're not there's having no a normal Friday. Friday. There's, no, um, there's nothing normal anymore. Normal uh, is gone. Normal is not 2020. 75 and a half. That's what you hit. You've bounced a little bit. Uh, going on the dailies here, you had – did you have any lows there, 75 and a half? Not really. Uh, to me, I don't – I want to be a buyer of this thing at all today. I just think it's had a, had a nice run. It has run a lot. Yeah, and I'm just like, you know, I'd be more inclined maybe if, it, if I was shorted to try and see if it's going to get continuation, but – you got people. You got people stuffed a little bit up near the high of the move. Now I think you know, as if you buy it at a lower price, you're going to be competing with people that I mean hit eighty bucks yesterday, eighty one seventy nine. I don't know. Breaking through the support at seventy eight half. I'd say next stopping point lower seventy four handle if we can't get through here seventy four oh nine seventy four sixty eight. Uh, those are the lows for the monthly low is uh, seventy four oh nine. Uh, the day before 74.68. Just looks tired up here. I'm not a buyer, and sure, a lot of people would like to see unchanged there at uh, 79.87. Even the low, lower yesterday's range is uh, in, in sight, 76.47. So right there right now. Is there any hope for uh, Boeing? I mean, Boeing has mentioned oh, this. Oh, man. It tried to bounce a little bit yesterday because it was the dash for trash was on. Some of the airlines bounced a little bit yesterday. I mean, do you look at yesterday's low and say, okay, well, 113, 114, maybe we bounce there up? I could get interested at yesterday's low for a day trade. It ain't going in my long-term portfolio, I'll tell you that, though. Uh, no. I mean, there was bad... Uh, Delta made a new low for the move yesterday. Uh, did come back and recover. I mean, just <laughs> air travel. I mean, of all the things that you know, are going to take a while to come back, I, I think it. I think it's going to be air travel. That's all there is to it. And I think there's going to be smaller planes, regional flights. You know, um, I don't know. I have no, 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 no touch on Boeing. I mean, Maybe Delta get, said yesterday that they had seven. 1000 too many too many they're they're 14,000 pilots and they only need 7 is what they were saying. So I'm like I wouldn't want to be a pilot right now for one thing because obviously you're cutting it back but think if you're cutting pilots back you're cutting planes back too. Like maybe yeah. there's just going to be less air travel. Boeing was in trouble before all this started so it's still hard. With that being said you can trade anything. And if I'm buying the dip I'd use yesterday's low. I would not want to see this trade below 113.89. I am inclined to buy the dip a little bit today here in certain stocks, although I do not like Boeing. Um, I do not like it. Sam, I am. <laughs> I don't know why ham. I said that. I was just reading it to my kids. <laughs> Green eggs and ham. Yeah, remember that one? Did you read that one? Was that out when you were a kid, Joel? How old is that book? Is that book uh, older than you? Did we doctors. find something that's older than you? 
You read it to your kids, but your, Bible, your dad so didn't read. Your dad Bible. read you. Your dad read you the horse track program. <laughs> he did. He did. That's what I read at night. Exactly. And I used to broadcast the uh, races into a uh, tape recorder. Uh, <laughs> and he listened to him all night. He had it like going all night for you. <laughs> did you know? And just newer listeners here that Joel knows a lot about stocks, but nobody knows more about horses than Joel. Joel is the horse man. We're just the horseman. No We're gonna start calling you the year. horseman. He's got a new nickname. It's not Spooz anymore. It's the horseman. I tell you, Baffert's got this horse. It looks unbelievable. It looks like he's got another, another super horse. But uh, now they're running the uh, Derby in in September. So, really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. It. Um, Are they gonna have fans at the track? <laughs> like, how does it work? Isn't most of the like money made at the track itself? Like, how's that going to work? Uh, uh, this off-track wagering. Uh, all off-track wagering. Yeah. DraftKings. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, That's I told. I, I mentioned this. Uh, I mentioned this. I think when I was on the Corland Economic Report, uh, that my dad told me third forty years ago because he represented the horsemen and he was fighting off-track wagering, and he said eventually what's going to happen is that you're going to have horses racing at the track and no one's going to be there because they're all going to be betting online. Well, there wasn't even online. I don't know. Telephone betting was, and he fought it like hell. He fought OTB in New York and he lost and he knew it would hurt the horsemen. But you know what? Horse racing could make a, be making a comeback here. Uh, they're running in. I don't know if the horses are going to run six feet apart, but if you want to keep an eye on the two Baffert horses, uh, Charlatan. Six feet apart is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Social distancing on the track. Yeah. If, and, uh, and for me in swim racing, it won't, it won't be that bad because I'll be six feet in front of any, you know, everyone. Ah. Anyways. Wait, but this is a good segue into DraftKings. It is. I've been they, trying to take us there. Yeah, because they actually had it. Joel would make it a horse show, though. They actually had, had earnings here. Uh, so sure. uh, I'll give you the, uh, the DKNG numbers. Uh, EPS, a loss of 16 cents per share versus an 11 cent loss estimate revenue of $88 million. That is actually up, what is that, up 30% on a year-over-year basis. So DKNZ out this morning with earnings. First, as a public What is their overall revenue? Because this is just getting started. Yep, first report as a public company. Uh, overall revenue for the quarter, what did I just say, $88 uh, million? Yeah. 80, I mean, 88 and a half. when sports come back, this is going to be the play. And people are you know, obviously buying the stock ahead of that regardless of – you know, not having any sports right now. So we know sports are eventually coming back. They're trying to get Major League Baseball started on July 4th, apparently. Um, their talk that Batman said with the NHL playoffs that it's not even in consideration in his mind to not play the 2020 playoffs. So NHL is going to try to figure it out too, which I thought was good news because I'm a huge hockey fan. But, I mean, sports are going to come back in one way or another. And DraftKings is set to obviously make money off of that. So I think you know, the story is definitely intact. Valuation's probably crazy because all these newer IPOs are crazy. But uh, I'm not going to short this saying, oh, there's no sports DraftKings is going to go down because that hasn't been the case for the last two months, really. So obviously, uh, you know, the story is still intact. 
Uh, big run up after the transition. Uh, still in the green by 19 cents here. Just a huge run. It's doubled. I'll be more. I'd I'd wait this thing. I try and buy a pullback. I know. I know Soros um, put a big stake in. So, you know, maybe shorter term if you want to nibble it. Uh, Twenty four, twenty three bucks looks like a good area. I don't know if we're gonna get there today. Two lows. Twenty three oh four. Twenty three eighteen. But I like a pullback. That this is something I might consider uh, for a longer term investment. Hey Dennis, what was the name of that one stock that we had? It was the Stars Group, right? Yeah, me and you were TS playing that one. Yeah, we got we we couldn't have played. We that played worse. that bad, beyond you, bad, beyond bad. It got taken over too, so it's gone now. It's off the board. It got taken over there. Um, I mean, we had a stock that got taken over, and we still lost money on it. That's that's tough. <laughs> but you know what's even worse? You know why we bought it? Because Goldman came out with that report, and they were bullish. Goldman timed this one bad, too. And Goldman came out. I was, like, talking about, you know, I read the Goldman report. I was like, oh, I'm bullish this, too. We like the sports betting angle. Me and Joel right into sports betting. We both bought this thing around, like, 25 bucks. And then she went, you know, and, and, it, went, and it got Straight ugly. Down. This would have been, like, last year. And it went down, like, $14, $15. And then it ended up getting taken over. And goes up to like twenty one, twenty two. So we got a lot of our money back, but I still—I don't know if you made money. I still lost money on this puppy. Well, you don't even know what even the worst part of it is. What's that? <laughs> it ended up going down to like twelve, thirteen bucks. Yeah. And that stock rallied, and it ended up going off the board at twenty seven, thirty one. No, I know. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. Well, it got taken over by a European company, and then it was just track tracking that stock. Right, the and then it was. got because uh, my yeah. cousin Jimmy, who has been in it, he he picked it up during the crisis at like thirteen, fourteen bucks. Jimmy knows. Jimmy knows where to buy and sell. Yeah, Joel, not so much on that one. Yeah, well, sometimes that's right. you get the call right, but you get the timing wrong, and you lose money. And that's exactly what me and Joel did on this thing. We had the call right. We thought it was a good business. We were just in it too soon. Yeah. And, yeah. We did, and we Should've didn't stick with things. it. We did. Well, we, 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 we did. I stuck with it a long time. We got taken over. And then we're like, okay, well, it's taken over. It's tracing that other stock. So, and I was happy to get two thirds of my losses. Back. Yeah. Exactly. I had a huge position in that. It was like a double size position. So it was ugly for a while. So I was very happy when, you know, I got two thirds of my losses back when it got taken over. I was like, okay, I'll take it. You know, and obviously it continued going up a little after that. Then we had the COVID crash. And then the big pop here lately. Yeah, so we would have made money. Yep. So what's the, what's the moral of the story? Just buy, hold until your money comes back? <laughs> <laughs> That's the moral of the story. Uh, S&Ps are showing some spunk here this morning. Uh, we just dipped down to like 28.11 and change. 10.75 stands as your pre-market law. I have a feeling it's just going to be one of those days, Dennis, where you're just hopping all over the place. Uh, where did you break down to on that last bracket? Uh, you got down to almost the low of the set. You matched the low of the session here in the last bracket, and now you're back above uh, 28.20. It just feels going to be kind of sloppy back and forth. Uh, we do, we've had some big overall ranges, but yesterday was the biggest real true interday range. You know, the real almost 101 that we've had in some time. A lot of times you still have a 100 buck range, but it's, you know, 55 of it on the upside overnight and then it chops around in 30. So market loosened up a little bit and uh, I guess we'll find out today whether 
either today or over the next couple of days, uh, whether we have a trading range here, which we've been talking about. It sounds here. like we got just an expanded range to a certain extent. I'd use yesterday's low yep. as a stop out. If I'm buying the dip, yesterday's low is critical to hold now. So that would be 270. Wow. It's what's the real low? So 272.99 shows up on my chart still. I, I hope that they busted that trade. It was an outside trade that, that happened on NYSE. So what are you showing for the low? What am I showing? Ah, uh, yeah, not that low. Ah, uh, no, I still see that. Yeah, that, forget about the 272.99 low. I went and looked at the tape on that. It was an outside trade. It's called a trade through. And because the market's so fragmented, sometimes an order can get routed through and miss liquidity on other exchanges and then execute on its own exchange. If you want to get all market structure talking this morning, there's a rule and the rule is called the trade through rule. It's 611 on, and you know, here it's the boring stuff. And what it does is protect the top of the book. So you can't trade through any quotes that are at the top of the book. But if, it, if once the top of the book's satisfied, you can trade through other quotes. So if you're, if you've got a bid at like 28 bucks or a, a, like a spy at 280, and the top of the book's 280, 280.25 or whatever, then you know the 280 can actually trade out if once you satisfy that top of the book. So it's the it's a order routing inefficiency is what causes that to happen. And the route order gets routed back. It was traded on the NYSE primary exchange, which they do trades by now. A lot of people don't realize that. And it was obviously traded through. So if I was that customer, I would be calling and saying, look an ugly trade through here adjust my price i'm sure they probably did because it's showing up on everybody's chart but the low yesterday was not 272.99 the correct low was do you know what the correct it was around 276 and a half i believe yeah i was trying to figure it out let's see because i had the um actually i took it off my sheet i don't have it here if somebody's yeah. got it because my chart's still showing 272.99 too which is wrong yeah we know that that's was just a wrong. one one i tweeted that out too if you go to my twitter account you can see that trade it was like 7,600 shares. There was a few trades down there, but they were all fairly small size for Let spot. me see if I can. Uh, what was the – I'm just spitballing in here. The hey, April, just, F, just FYI, I'm waiting retail sales for April. So re Retail uh, sale. Yep, uh, re retail sale. I, I'm seeing down – the, the one sale. I'm seeing down 16.4% uh, month over month. The consensus estimate was a 12% drop. So uh, just to – uh, put that in context. Uh, March retail sales uh, were down eight percent. So March so, was even down. March was down eight percent, and April was down. Yeah, we knew that. We knew that was going to happen. But here they are. The market's now caring about economic numbers and it's selling it off. It's looking not so much at the silver lining anymore. We find a reason to sell off a little bit too. It's funny how sentiment just changes everything. You know, we were last week and a half. Oh, good news is good news bad news is good news now you're getting to a point where they're starting to actually say bad news is bad news so we saw that yesterday with jobless claims we're seeing it a little bit this morning a little hit here uh, but we're definitely seeing on the on the headlines from china here market a little concerned about trade war so lots more worries markets caring a little bit more here with that being said i still think you got underneath demand people yeah, so, and, under invested and, and, and this also offers a preview for next week because next week is the retail, the start of the retail earnings season. So keep that on your radar. My out is Wells Fargo. When it takes out 22, I don't want to be long anything. So I'm going to play. I'm going to be buying dips and selling rips until Wells Fargo is below 22. When Wells Fargo takes out 22, that's it. And I'm getting out of my lungs for trades. Okay. Staying still in major cash because I think everything's still going to be ugly here eventually. 
We're, okay. Oh, they don't like that retail sales number, I guess, a little bit after the fact here. We're dipping, diving, and ducking back down towards the lows of the session. Just this 2810. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say anything a dodgeball. Remember that dive, duck, the five Ds of dodgeball? Joel just yes. did three of them right in that sentence. <laughs> what, are the, what are the five Ds? Okay, question. Free Benzinga Pro subscription coming at you right now. Chat, whoever gets it first. What's the five Ds of dodgeball? Well, aren't there only four? I thought there were four. There's no? five because they do the one twice. Um, <laughs> what are the five Ds? Look it up fast. Who's getting the free Benzinga Pro? We're looking to your chat. Either either chat. Wait, Any of the I'm chats even, work. I'm not even sure if I can, if I, if I remember. Well, we're not oh, even away. I know that one. Twitter, yeah. too. Tweet at me. <laughs> Triple D Trader. What's the five Ds in dodgeball? Yeah, there's, there's, so, there's, there's, the so, there's so many chats to look at now. I don't even know. Which <laughs> one. All over the place. I don't I'm even know which one. To here. Nobody's got it. Oh, oh. Do we, we've got Brooklyn. Dodge, dip, duck. Oh, there's missing one, though. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Cameron Reed, I think, has it. Do we have Cameron? I think Cameron's got it first. He's got all five. Uh, which chat are you looking at? I'm looking at I mean, which chat am I? <laughs> you too. Well, oh, yeah. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Chat? Oh, he there had we go. first in that chat, chat. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. I think Cameron Reed had all five first, though. Yeah. We got a few. We got a few in there. Yeah. They're duck, okay. dodge, dip, dive. Oh, I don't know. I think it's wrong. Wait. I think Cameron's wrong because no. I think that he did the one twice No, here. Wrong. BM. BM got it right below him. BM. BM got it because yeah. you have to do the dodge twice. Although he spelled dodge wrong, but we won't get him on that. that. So that's I think okay. it's BM actually. It's <laughs> that's duck. Okay. So it's dodge, duck, dive, dip, and dodge. <laughs> they do the dodge tw dodge twice. You're close, Cameron, but you did uh you did uh duck twice, but it's dodge twice. Email email uh, Spencer at Benzinga Pro uh, for your free subscription. You're hooked up. Uh, email no, 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 over no but now, actually though. but actually email premarket at benzinga.com. Don't email the yeah. email. Pre-market. What is that email again? Pre-market at Benzinga.com. Oh, we got to go. King Dave on Twitter had it right, too. But I think you got beat in the chat, King Dave. Sorry. <laughs> we, they were trying. Hey, there was a lot of people that tried that one. Jay, I thought Jason Rasnick would have got it. When are we going to do um, Hot Potato again? Uh, we can we can bring we it back. It today with you Jason. know what? The Hot, the hot Potato got, got replaced by the Hot Market. I think is what it, it really uh, did. Right. Yeah, yeah it really did. <laughs> uh, we, we can bring it back. Uh, I think we did it like a month or so ago, but we're, we've also got uh, our CEO, Jason Ransom coming on in about 10 minutes. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, we're going to okay. ask Jason if he knows the five D's in dodgeball. I bet you Jason knows it. He might, he might uh, we, real quick. Just a couple more, Jason knows everything. a couple more, more numbers on that DraftKings report. Uh, so monthly unique players, I guess they're, that's their measure of active users up 16% on a year over year basis and average revenue uh, per user was up 10%. So that, those are, that's despite uh, everything going on in the world. That's pretty good. So this, they seem to have had a good quarter despite the chaos out there. Um, okay. Uh, 835. I want to go to we talk uh, like one stock today. Yeah, no, I want to go to, I want to go to, I, I want <laughs> to go to, I want to go to Aurora cannabis here. ACB. Oh, Ooh, going off the yeah. board. Look at this stock. Woo. Cannabis is back. When did that get back to eight bucks? Oh, it reverse split. That's what I said yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't realize that their reverse split went into effect. I was like, what the? It's still, so it's still out of dollar. How much was the reverse split? It was a one for 12. One for 12, so it's actually like 80 cents. So don't get too excited if you own this and looked at it for a while and think, oh, my stock's back at eight bucks. It's not. Great right. reverse split on you. 
Sorry. Right. So uh, really, I got a, a 80 cents adjusted, but or 70 cents, 80 cents adjusted, I guess. Give us the numbers, though, because we bought it yesterday. But you're pretty happy. Yeah, losses widened for the quarter. EPS loss of a dollar and two cents. Revenue of fifty-six million dollars. That's up pretty substantially on a year-over-year basis. They also said they sold thirty-nine percent more cannabis than they did in the same quarter last year. And uh, despite the losses winding last quarter, they are still on track to be profitable in the next fiscal year. So last quarter seems to have been just a a, a blip for them uh, with the widening losses, but uh, revenue still up substantially on a year-over-year basis. Like I said, fifty-six million dollars uh, last quarter, and in the same quarter of the year prior, they made uh, forty-eight million dollars. So I could squeeze them a bit. I mean, we see you see what happens after reverse split sometimes. And look at Chesapeake Energy if you want to look at one. You know, after the reverse split there just you now last week, and obviously the company, I believe, even de- has it. Have they officially declared bankruptcy, or they're still just talking about bankruptcy? I don't know if it's, a, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's official. official yet, but the bankruptcy's on the table. But you know, you see stocks reverse split sometimes, and then you know they start to leak, but then they get rip your face off short squeezes too. Blow, you know, obviously issues there as well. So you look $12.30 CHK and it ran to $41. So I've learned one thing is when you get these reverse splits, you know, sometimes some funky things can happen. So I don't really like shorting stocks when they're up 30% after a reverse split because things can get really funny and you can really squeeze yeah, people sometimes. Yeah. So it's, I'm not buying it. I'm not selling it. I'm hands off on ACB. Okay, ACB, let's look at uh, 909. Hit, uh, got over nine, one bracket, 909, 907. You're still 25 cents away from there. So there's your potential area of resistance. Pretty good volume trading in this one too this morning. So get above nine, hold nine. The rally is still going on. Uh, and above nine bucks. I mean, this is tough. There's a 906, 915 high too. So. Get above nine, hold nine. I would say take a look at nine fifty. That uh, that splits the highs from April twenty seventh and April twenty eighth. Nine forty eight, nine sixty. Uh, where to buy this thing on a pullback? I have no idea. Uh, I don't know if I'd want to own it if it started wild. Pullback. Yeah, that'll be wild. Um, it's but been looked in the other cannabis stocks. So maybe, you know, sure. if it's a safer That's play, maybe look at those. CGC, they've all been ugly. We've talked about these for a long time. They've all been very ugly. They get life every once in a while, though. And today's going to be some life for the cannabis. Um, so they're, they're, they're moving up. Afria, APHA is trading up about 18 cents here right now. Kronos is trading up CGC, which Kramer's always said best in breed. I'm not going to argue with them. I think that's one of the higher ones too. So CGC is trading up 4%. So just giving the whole industry a lift here this morning. If you play it like Spencer Israel, you're looking at the MJ, 1110, No, I actually never bought the MJ, but what I did do is I bought a couple of the uh, large U.S. multi-state operators. So I bought... Uh, I bought Cresco, I bought Curaleaf, and I bought... Uh, what are the symbols on those? Uh, They're all like uh, those five symbol ones. Yeah, here. Hold on. You got to go like call your broker to get a quote. There's, there's a lot of symbols. Hold on. Uh, I can pull them up here. Okay. They, so, my, um, I don't like buying stocks with more than five symbols. Oh, I actually don't have the symbols. It slows me down when I'm typing in them in my ticker, and then it usually doesn't mean good things. One of them is uh, TCNNF. I think that's TrueLeave. Uh, there's so many letters. Uh, CRLBF is one that I bought, and I wish I could tell you what the third one was. Are they doing good? What, how are you doing? Uh, two are up. One is not. Uh, That's good. 
Cresco Cresco's down, I believe, in True Leave and uh, in Cure Relief are the ones that are doing okay. So, nice. and those are three of the largest multi-state operators um, in the U.S. in terms of market cap, but also in terms of number of states uh, that they're in and number of uh, stores and locations. So I I, just, I, was, I was looking at the the MJ for a long time, and then we we spoke to Alan one time and. And after that interview, I, I sort of started looking at, at the different types of businesses in that ETF. And I, I decided that most of them are probably going to be in trouble. Uh, so I just stuck with the largest names in the, uh, the largest MSOs, which, which what I perceive to be the safest type of business in that industry. So I don't know wrong. any of them. I'm scared of yeah. them all. But with that being said, I like trading these things. They do move around. Looks like the trade is going to be a little bit higher, at least here at the open. Yeah, if you're trading any of these, leadership. Remember, we started the show talking about leaders. ACB is your leader today. If ACB starts to leak, the others will follow suit. If ACB continues to rally, the others are likely to continue to rally. So even though if you're not trading ACB, you look for that as your indicator. All right, uh, 8.40 here, five minutes before we're going to bring on our guest. There was a stock I wanted to hit, and I just um, – Sprinter pointing out uh, Green Thumb, too, GTBIF. I have not bought that, but I, I would I would be interested in buying Let's it. Let's talk JD. Okay. JD yeah. has just been a monster since this has started. They're obviously you know, benefiting from, a, I would imagine, a lot of online sales. But JD.com, yeah, wow. believe it or not, I believe just hit an all-time high this morning. Well, I'll give you the numbers here. Yep. I'll, I'll give you the earnings numbers yep. this morning. Twenty-eight cents versus an eleven cent estimate revenue, twenty point six billion versus a nineteen point two nine billion dollar estimate. So they blew away the estimates for the earnings and the revenue. Online sales driving this. We knew, um, you know, and we can just take a quote from here. Here we'll give it. Just read you something from the press release. We are proud that JD.com has been able to remain fully operational throughout COVID. Our employees are proud. Um, that says strong user growth during the first quarter reflects consumers increasing reliance on JD.com to support every aspect of their lives and, and confidence in our commitment to providing a broad selection of quality products and best in class services. This has been a COVID play. And, you know, we've, you know, probably shame on us for not really identifying it. You know, up to, I don't even know if we've talked much about JD.com if we ever have on the show, but this has been riding COVID coattails. I remember, you know, seeing online, you know, and, and them talking about this JD.com as the sales going up and you know what? It's online sales and online sales is hot. JD.com hot to new all time highs. So I, is it overdone? I, I don't know. I, I never showed a stock making a new all time high. Uh, poked its head above 5150 twice here. Uh, initially, when it, I believe that was around four, no, around 6 a.m., you hit 5180, then you hit 5179. So I look at that area, 5180 to 52. Maybe someone's targeting that area as a place to exit. So use that as resistance on the on the bumps on the pullbacks here. It's been finding buyers in the pre-market at 50, 55, 50, 56, but that's uh, that's a real, real soft number there. Uh, S&P's uh, starting to roll over again yeah. here, boy. This is a wicked handle here. This 2810 to 2820, it's going to shake out. You're going to shake out the longs and shake out the shorts, but we're uh, really chopping around just back and forth. Trying to just see every time I look up, so... Market trying to find a home here in the middle, 28, 10, 
10, 20 area. I don't know what you've got that it. expanded range and you had a lot of a big candle yesterday. So you're going to get big movement here again, regardless of no news. And then we get a major headline coming out of China. So there's going to be some movement here today. The one thing is you're looking forward, you know, we're kind of coming out of earnings season. We are going to hear from a lot of retailers coming up. So we, you know, obviously retailers always close up the earnings season. So that'll be, you know, where the trades are going to be made here maybe next week. And that'll maybe be the sector of interest. But right now, I think you're just fading, buying dips and selling reps. I don't know if I'm coming in here right away. Get down to two. You know where I'd like, and I don't know if you're going to get down there, but, you know, first we could do some math and, you know, calculating the 50% retracement from yesterday's low and showing that ugly 272.99 still on my chart is a little bit tricky. But I think like where we were, the 279, where we had the double bottom before, um, before we took it out yesterday, maybe you come back in there. That's where you start nibbling. So you get down another 20 handles from here. I think you got some buyers. So I, I started to get interested even at this level, but I'm really interested around like 279 to 280 on buying the dip. Um, it's still kind of like the underneath that 50% area, which we've traded through like 800 times. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's 2786 in the spoos. Uh, it held up on Tuesday, got below it on Wednesday, or, uh, got there. That was low on Wednesday, got through it on Thursday, by 26 handles, but, you know, if you're doing a swing trade or whatever, you're risking 20, 30, you know, handles. The SPY right there is same area that has the 50% retracement. Uh, just real quick for Mitch, I think he's looking at uh, BABA on the weekly chart. And hmm, it's held week, up very well. Yeah, it is. It's held up very well. Online sales. Online sales. Uh down this morning because China China's all down this morning. So yeah. JD's, you know, their earnings are holding them up, but all China is trading down. I'm bringing up the EM and the EM, which I'm sure it is trading down 35. It's trading down 1.6%. So in China itself, you look at FXI down 1.7%. So China's ugly this morning. That's what's driving down BABA. Other things being equal, you know, you're seeing JD left because of their good earnings. I'd be cautious still on JD even too, looking at that, but... I mean, I if know. you go on a weekly, I mean, you got to call it like 190. I don't want to go, you know, too close to look at the, you know, uh, last week's. That's last week's low. Now, this week's low so far is 194. Uh, last week's low, 189.53. We haven't caught, come close to that. So it's a ways away. Uh, coming back on the upside here. Uh, resistance. Hmm. It hit. Uh, it hit 208.05 earlier in the week. So if you want to use that uh, previous day, I don't know. Don't have a great feel for this one. I'm Top sorry. One. I own it in the long-term portfolio, sticking with it. I've been in it for, I feel like it might even be a couple of years here now. I've been in it a long time. I'm sticking with Bob. It's one of my only pure, in my long-term portfolio, I think it's one of the only China stocks that I own directly. I do have some uh, ETFs that are equivalent to EEM though. As do I. All right, let's bring on our guest here. Jason Rasling is the founder and CEO of Benzinga. He's been joining us every Friday. Uh, just give us his thoughts. Jason, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you guys doing? We're good. We're good. We're trying yeah. trying to figure out where the trade is, but we wait for the Jason Rasling 15 minutes here because it's the power of 15 minutes and we know he's got some ideas for us. Oh, yeah, yeah. When we go forward, call it the Raz Report. Here's the Raz Report. For nice. Today. You like that? I like um, that. Well, you know, I get my trade ideas by reading your book. I, I you know, I was, <laughs> I'm, I'm on page nine. I know you were talking about page eight earlier, and I was glad you didn't say page nine because if I would have, you know, you would have ruined it for me. So, <laughs> in your book, Dennis. Um, there you go. 
But def definitely, um, I don't know, I have, some, I have some different perspectives today that may surprise you. But um, an interesting week. I think I talked about one of the trades last week was Logitech. Um, if I, did, I don't know if I did here or, or those after, but yeah. um, I bought Logitech before earnings um, because of webcams. Yeah. People are at home. So to me, it seemed like a Peloton type trade. And it's been good. Um, LOGI is a symbol. I still own half, 70% of the position. I bought calls in it and then um, I bought the stock. Another one, and I'm still holding on to Logitech because I think you know people are still gonna be buying higher end webcams. The sales, they didn't guide higher, but they beat the numbers, but they didn't guide higher. And I think they're, uh, I think they're low ball on it. That's what I think. So um, I'll do, do the screen. I like this chart too. I mean, you can't argue with stocks that are near the highs and this is right near the highs of the move there. Um, and I, I don't know if that's an all, I think you gotta go in. Is that an all-time high, Joel? Or did this beat it? And if we yep. go back to the tech bubble, it might have been higher than that. Logitech's uh, been around check. a long time. It has been. Anyway, it's definitely an eight-year high here. So my chart goes back nine years, and it's the highest it's been in nine years. So, so it's not like an exciting Peloton, but that's the, the latest play. I like it. That, that I um, you know, went big on. Um, the, uh, the other one, you guys mentioned it, um, DraftKings, DKNG. Yeah. I own the stock. I own it. I also own the August 21 um, calls, 25 strike. Um, I own both those. So my logic is, is DraftKings. I'm doing some research on this space a lot right now. I want to see if Interactive Brokers is going to be allowed to um, have sports betting. Interactive Brokers has one of the best sports betting apps I've ever used in my entire life. It's just for play money. And wow. I've been reaching out to many people in Interactive Brokers to see if they're ever going to make this a real thing. If they make it a real thing, that stock doubles. Interactive so, Brokers. IBKR. You know what? I've been looking at IBKR here too. And you think about, you know, retail volumes. Everybody's been obviously, you know, cooped up here. And, you know, some people lost their jobs. There's a lot of people who are getting into trading just because they're at home and there's like nothing else to do. So we know retail volumes at Robinhood and some of these other ones have gone gone up but why not ibkr why does it not benefit from everybody being at home too i'm actually interested in this one too and the stock's sitting near the lows here so obviously they got hit they got dinged pretty good when crude went negative because their systems and i don't know if you know i think luke, luke uh, maybe wrote wrote this up uh but the the systems couldn't price when oil went negative and you had people who had long positions in the may crude that actually couldn't sell out of it because it just was rejecting it and it wasn't even actually even showing quotes. So right. they're going to come good for all those losses. I think it was over a hundred million in losses is what they were saying at IBKR. Yeah, IBKR is going to come good for that. So that might have been why the stock got dinged a little bit too. Obviously, you know, Petter, Petterfee, if I'm saying his name right, great, sure. you know, person to come and, you know, obviously make those, the, those uh, investors whole. But, I think they benefit from everybody being cooped up at home here too. So two, two reasons maybe to look at IBKR. I kind of like it. So I'm, so I'm doing research and I, and I reached out to Petterfee about the sports betting thing. I haven't heard back yet. I'm doing research on it to see what the legalities are because if they're allowed to, the stock's going to be at least a double, but I, I don't know the answer yet. I'm trying to find that out. I'm actually going to talk to one of the analysts who follows the banks, one of the analysts from Raymond James today. And once I get that clarity, I'll be building a position in IBKR. Um, I haven't done it yet, but I, it also could be fine for what you're saying too, Dennis. So, um, you know, so I'm reading the comments in the chat room. Yes, TAST guys, 
It's been a huge home run for you guys. Um, I'm still holding it. Basically, the story on TAST, the guy who gave me TAST, he gave it to eight other people. Seven of, the, seven of them have sold the stock at 220 and I was the only one to keep it. Because the story was it was either going to go bankrupt or it was going to you know, thrive. And basically, you know, when the helicopter money came in, it gave them the lifeline to stay. And they're restructuring the balance sheet. The stock's at 379 It, it hit as high as like four. Or it was just TAST. Okay, so you see the numbers. I bought it at 141 and 159 um, And I'm still holding. And I will sell once – I'll sell another uh, quarter of the position once it hits five. That's my number. But I'm not like saying, hey, it, it's gone up, so I'm not saying go buy it. A stock that I shorted three days ago is Roos Chris, R-U-T-H. I want my hedges. I don't want to be just long the market. I, I don't care if I'm losing. I just I'll feel, I'll feel better at night if I have some hedges. Someone said, why don't I just short the market? And you can do that. I just think there's no way that Roos Chris stock stays here. There's no way. It just, their rent, I know they're getting rent abatements and stuff, but this, this stock, it's like how you guys question the cruise industry, yeah, how those yeah. stocks are up. But here's my new perspective on life a little bit. Okay. So this is my, get ready for my new perspective on life. We're ready. Um, well, first, how do I find daily trades? I use Benzinga Pro and I go to the, I go to the signals tool and I look to see like potential st stuff that's moving. So I use Benzinga Pro for daily trades. My perspective on life though, or on the stock market is this. Back in the day, LVMFH, which owns all the luxury brands, in when the you know dot com collapsed, all that kind of stuff, the stock was killed. Or Amazon was at seven dollars, and the stocks that you basically the cruise industry that you would never buy are the ones that for you think about four years from now, and you're like, oh, you'll kill yourself. So if you have a portfolio that you don't want to touch for you know until four years from now, that's the ones where you can really take advantage of. Um, what's out there, the opportunities that present itself. So I'm like trying to pick up stocks that are my four year from now portfolio. And that is the ones that are so, you know, so hated upon that in four years, will I be like, hmm, uh, uh, Joel was talking about the airlines and he was saying, oh, they can do smaller regional flights. I agree with Joel in the short term, they are. I mean, they're gonna, it's gonna be tough. But four years from now, are people not gonna be taking Delta to go visit their grandparents in Florida? I mean, if you think they are, buy the heck out of that stock on dips. I mean, on dips. Or do you think it's gonna go to zero? I mean, that's the question. Um, you know, there was only a few of us who were buying Apple when it was seven to $10 back in the, I mean, Amazon back in the day. And those are the ones who made a lot of money. You have to take a, a you know, a differing view on a long-term thing, on a short-term trade. All bets are off. I'll just, uh, well, and obviously you're going to list a lot of good stuff. I'll take the other side of the Delta trade for this reason is I believe there will be people flying on Delta. Delta is not going away. The question is, can they survive when they're burning this much cash? Can they survive in their current form without seriously diluting the stock? And this is what I've learned from the financial crisis. Citigroup didn't go away. It took serious dilution for them to get through it though. And I think, you know, you could have some serious dilution here, which could make the stock go down significantly, even from these levels. And I think that's why, you know, it's just blindly coming in and saying Delta's gonna be here, I'm gonna buy the stock. Yep. We know Apple, Amazon, different story. And if you're buying cash rich companies that are going to not need dilution to get through this, then you're okay. The dilution is the curveball though. 
And that's why I would say it's probably not just safe to stick Delta. Delta might be around in four years. I believe it will be as well. But the shareholders might get seriously diluted for them to get there. Yep. No, I, I understand. I understand. I'm just trying to find opportunity. Like I brought you guys New York Times when that was a trade on, on digital subscriptions. And that was a 29 to 35. I understand that these stocks like a Delta, a Royal Caribbean aren't good buys probably right now, but eventually could be good buys. And you just have to think, it's so hard to think of the here and now, think of the opposite, whatever makes sense, think of the opposite story. And, and partly what, what, what came to this was, I was watching old interviews of P, I, I used to record CNBC on digital VCR tape, literally uh, VHS, I guess you call it, and uh, VCR, VHS. And this is from 2001 tapes I was watching last night. And it was so crazy how everyone was so dire, everything was so dire. And I'm like, wait, if I would have went to listen to this news and I would have like taken the differing view, I would have not 10 baggers, not hundred baggers, a thousand baggers. And so I'm just trying to like find that, but I think it's hard. I think it's hard. And I, I just, if you can separate yourself the four years from now in the short term, I'm still, I'm still shorting those cruise lines. Like I'm still playing some Royal Caribbean shorts. I told you I have Bruce Chris short, like, cause you could, Dennis, you could throw me under the bus easily and say, Jason, you don't think people are going to get a nice steak in three years? The answer is, I do think they are. So I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm that. with you on the Bruce Chris. I'm totally with you on that one because it's high end restaurant am, yep. and you're going to see the social distancing thing. I was watching this uh, piece on CNBC last night from a smaller restaurant and he had to go to do the six feet rule, which could be in, it could be in there for a while. He had to take his seating capacity from 93 seats down to 40. And you're gonna see the same thing in these fancy restaurants. And I mean, you know, you start cutting their revenues in half, even if you reopen, even if you can fill the things, it's gonna hurt them for a while. So drive-through, you know, like the, the TAST that you were talking about, completely different animal. Obviously, you know, it's not nearly as impacted as these restaurants that just are fancy sit-down restaurants. And then you think about the recession aspect of it. I mean, there's just not going to be as many people that have as much money because, you know, 40% of the, or 20% of the population is unemployed. 40% or 50% probably hurting pretty good. So the recession aspect of it doesn't bode well either. So I'm with you on the roost, Chris. I don't like the stock at all. Yeah. And then another stock I own, guys, I just want you to know, and I not saying buy this one. I've owned it for a while. I've been buying it as it's gotten lower. It's another fast food, Del Taco, T-A-C-O. Um, it has gotten killed. It is not a stock that likes to move up. I'm just telling you because they have a lot of stores at this valuation. It almost becomes a no-brainer to buy. I have a guy in a private equity doing, doing diligence on it to see, is it going to be taken out? Um, they had a deal on the um, table, rumor has it at least, to be taken out for $14 or $16 a year and a half ago. And management didn't want to take that. They wanted a minimum of 20 a share. Well, if someone was willing to pay 16 bucks a share and it's at 565, I think your downside is somewhat protected. Um, Del they drive through? They're drive through? I've never been to a Del Taco. Oh, yeah, they have drive through. Oh, yeah, do they have drive through? Yes, they have drive through. They sell smoothies, food. But me just talking about it makes me want to go there. I love, <laughs> I'm hungry too I, I, now. I'm not kidding. I want to go to the smoothie. I've never been to one either. <laughs> I don't even know where they are. Is, are they, they, is there something? Is there, yeah, that's what I was asking. Oh, if you something? want to meet me right now, I guess we don't go in the car together, but there's one at Telegraph. And like, um, it's like 10 miles south from where we live. I want to go so bad right now. You have no idea. Okay. So Del Taco is a uh, one. Do not make it for a trade. Write it down. Do not IBKR and Taco. I like wait, those two ideas so but far. But do not. Wait, Dennis, I want to make sure I'm clear on Del Taco. It's not going to be a task. It will not be 
um, um, a Logitech or a Peloton. It's one that in four months, some person could could be out there. Um, we'll take it out. So you don't need to buy Del Taco today. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to hedge myself and be right in all situations. I'm telling you, I've held Del Taco. It does not, it's not fun to trade. Stocks that are fun to trade for me are like HubSpot, Twilio, um, yeah. you know, Peloton. Those are fun. Tesla. I mean, you guys know I love Tesla. Um, I'll do, I'll say one thing. I sold, you're going to freak out guys. I sold a few shares of Tesla yesterday. Good. It's probably good. I can't it, blame you. Here. It's, a bad it's, time. It's, a, it's a bad time to take some profits. Yeah. Maybe it's time to book some profits on that one. Well, I, my logic, Spencer, was I, I like there's some other investments I want to go in. Like I bought DraftKings this week. I didn't buy DraftKings at a low. I'm not like trying to take credit for it. I bought DraftKings for the story of my story that I told you about that Dennis mentioned how or Joel mentioned that when sports comes back, you know, DraftKings is your only option out there. That stock's going to be at 50 bucks, in my opinion. Yep. It'll be way overvalued, but it'll be people are just going to buy it because like, oh, you don't want a company that does all the sports betting. No, yeah. no. So, so to me, it just seems a no-brainer buy. I'm not even going on PE or valuation or any of that kind of stuff, Spencer. Story. So story. So I sold some Tesla Spencer to free up some cash and not be on margin. Uh-huh. That was my reason. And yeah, I mean, I wanted to go into another thing. I mean, I think Tesla will stay around the 700 to 850 or 650 to 850 range for the for the next two months until they announce the new battery technology they have, which I thought they were announcing in April, they didn't. And um, yes, I'm saying new battery technology. Tesla, strong rumor from people inside the company, they have some new battery technology that will change the game for electric cars for the the foreseeable future. Basically, you're not gonna have um, distance anxiety. You're gonna be able to drive the car up north, which is in Michigan up north, four hour drive, and not have that distance anxiety, you know? And like, so there's some new technology and I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not saying I have any inside info, I'm just some people right. I talk to. So I don't think that's built into the stock. So if that does come out today, then so be it. It's at 900 bucks. Hey Raz, hey Raz, I gotta, I gotta hop off here. So I'll let you guys, uh, I'll let you guys take uh, <laughs> the remainder here. Get a, car- get, a, get a carrot. If you're hopping like a bunny, you're a bunny. Yeah, I'm hopping like a bunny. I'm hopping well, over. Well, well, Jason, I mean, uh, Friday at nine. Did you want to give us any final thoughts here before we kind of wrap it up? Well, yeah, yeah. Two more. Th- th- one more one. All Casinos, right. Penn National. Okay, nope. you got. Mm. I, I shorted it at sixteen, covered it at nine, bought it at five and a half, sold it at nine. Didn't didn't hold on to it to sixteen dollars. This is my this is my theory, Dennis. This is, goes with exactly what I've been saying this whole time. I know this market is not as fun to trade today, but this is my theory. I, I should have held Penn National because the stock is, is $17. The only risk with Penn National was, was it going to go bankrupt? So you're just taking a probabilities. What's the probability of a company going bankrupt or not? If Penn didn't go bankrupt, you had a no-brainer hold. I should never have sold it, okay? And so two years from now, are casinos going to be open? Is Barstool Sports going to be around? If you believe so, Penn National goes to $30. So those are some of the trades that I'm thinking about, and I'm not going to look at them in the short term. And if they do fall, I'm going to I'm going to buy it up. There's like Slack. You know, one of my biggest holdings this day is Work. The symbol is W O R K. I originally bought it, Spencer, at thirty eight dollars. Went down to twenty nine, then twenty two, and then I bought it at seventeen. And so it's the first one that I actually kept my conviction because I really understand the company. And it's the same thing with Penn. I will buy it when it falls because in two years I think they're going to be going to casinos, traveling. Yes, I do. I think Penn National will be. Well, and the CEO is great. I think they'll be one of the big beneficiaries of the changed climate. That's that's what I think. But give it two years. Those are my final thoughts. I know I saw some other questions, but 
Um, LTHM, yes, I own that. Why is one life, one chance? Uh, Ash want that. Yes, electric batteries, lithium is used. LTHM is one that I own, but it, ha it hasn't done well. At LTHM, it's at 513 today, May. I think it's at $10 a year from now. Um, I'm not selling any LTHM. In fact, if it goes to below five, I'm going to uh, buy more. And yes, we have the, thank you, Mitch Hotch. June 1st with a big Benzinga Cannabis Conference. BZ Cannabis, go check it out. We'd love for you to be there. Um, we have Isaiah Thomas, uh, Al Harrington, hopefully John Sale, and, and all the cannabis CEOs. If you're looking for investment opportunities in the cannabis space, BZ Cannabis. Um, thank you, Mitch. You guys are the, Mitch, Mitch Hotch, he should be on the show one day. He's like, he should be like the chairperson in the chat room, right? Listen, uh, yeah, if you ever want, if any of our chatters want to maybe come on our show, email me. We were doing that for a while. Yeah, yeah. We, we tried and nobody emailed us. Everybody <laughs> was scared. Yeah, pre -market, scared to be on with Joel. Pre-market at Benzinga.com if you want to come on. Jason just said a key thing. He uh, he was talking about his positions and he said he's not going to look at them every day. That's the hardest part is not looking at them every day. For sure. Every, the long-term investments. This is my yeah. struggle. I was a better long-term investor when I wasn't probably such an active trader. 100%. <laughs> but, but how do you separate it? I mean, I know what I own. And you're like, I watched my Shopify going up, 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 up. And I was like, I'm trying to ignore it, trying to ignore it. Trying. I can't ignore it anymore. I got to sell it. So, you yeah. know, that's the hardest thing is separating. It's easy. If you got a day job and you're not a full-time trader, don't look at your investment account every day. And I try. I don't log into my investment account lots of days. The problem is I just kind of know what I own. And, you know, you can't get it out of your head. And you're watching the stocks and you're trading the stocks. And you're like, oh, man, that stock's really run a long ways. I want to book that profit. It's hard. It's a hard game, long-term investing. Yeah. I mean, Tesla versus NKL NKLA, no comparison. Um, but um, I see it in BM. What's that mean? Um, no, that, that was that was me talking to someone's chat. Okay. Oh, got it, got it. Okay, so just to just to finish up, if you can follow me on Twitter at Jason Rasnick. If you want to chat, I'm in the Benzinga Pro chat room during the day. Um, you know, next week hopefully I'll have some more exciting uh, picks on this little mini Raz report. And um, I agree with Dennis, guys. I made some bad I made some bad trades um, three weeks ago. I sold one of a, a stock that I owned for. I don't know how long. Um, HubSpot. I bought it at forty-seven dollars. I told all my friends to get in it. I sold it at I don't know one hundred and seventeen dollars. It's at one hundred eighty-seven, hundred ninety-seven dollars. I, I held it for two years. I sold it to let the world was coming to it. I wanted to get some money off and buy some coronavirus plays, and I should never have sold it. And it goes to what Dennis was saying. The stock was getting killed. I saw I saw a gain that was at one hundred sixty-seven go to a hundred dollars. Like holy sh holy shnikey. And so I, I, I sold it and, and, um, and basically I was like, you know, and part of it was I was seeing it going down every day. If it was in my other account that my Google stock is in and my PayPal stock is in, I never would have sold it. And I would have another 60%, $20,000 gain. Like it was, it, it's, it, it, I, can't, I stopped looking at the market guys for two days because I was so upset about my HubSpot. I was so upset. One of my, two of my friends said, Jason, this HubSpot's amazing. And they didn't know I actually sold it. And so I just want to hear it. So I couldn't look at the market for two days. Yeah, I, yeah. I know that happens to all of us, but like you got to just, I guess, face it and not look in hindsight. I mean, you know why a lot of people's necks hurts? Because they're always looking backwards. They're always looking back in the past. <laughs> Is that why my neck hurts so that's, much? That's my a neck good always one. hurts. I try to take pills for that. Maybe I just yeah. got to stop looking back. Hey, that's a good one. Spencer, so before we hang up, yeah. didn't I prank? Um, I don't know if you want to go in, uh, but didn't I prank you pretty well last week? No, 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 you didn't. I did. <laughs> no, you yes, didn't. I did. I just wanted to say, I'm not, <laughs> no, no. I'm not going to no. say, Spencer, don't hang up on me. I just want to say, I pranked Spencer Israel 
pretty no. good. Maybe we'll tell you guys about it later. He's probably going to try to. <laughs> no, the, 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 the gist of the prank was that uh, Jason implied that we need to be more like InfoWars. And no, 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 no. No, he, he missed it. <laughs> that was, yes, yes, it was. No, no. He said. Spencer. Spencer he pranks you every day. The gist of the prank was Spencer Israel must spend three hours to okay. five hours reading right. the content InfoWars. Yep. That was it. Luke put me up to it, and it was the funniest thing. We couldn't, I couldn't even type the email because yeah. we knew how much you'd freak out. And then Luke said he talked to you, and he said that you were like, for three hours, couldn't function. Is that true? I, 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 my eyes rolled into the back of my head. But uh, yeah, okay. So yes. Uh, <laughs> yes, I got you, buddy. All right. Uh, Jason Rasnick. Jason Rasnick is the founder and CEO of Benzinga. Jason, as always, thanks for the time. And uh, I guess we'll talk a little bit later today. <laughs> All right. Uh, oops. I, <laughs> He's cut him off now. <laughs> no, no, I, off. I, I didn't Dennis, actually. Dennis. All right. Uh, oh, he that, cut him off. He was trying to say something. <laughs> no, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. All right. No, thanks. I'm done. <laughs> thanks to everyone who tuned in via our chats or on YouTube or on our site. Catch our podcast. Please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes and not for investing or trading advice. Joel and I will be back with you at 340. In the meantime, everyone have a great rest of your Friday. And wherever you are, be safe. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.